yourself there well the first question i have is do i call you champ do i call you gary do i call you gerdarshan like what do you like to be called uh gerdarshan's fine if if you can and you say it fine so (laughs) it's it's, uh it's good to go well my pleasure to be connecting with you great fight that you just had with with one do you know what your next fight is or you're waiting to see I'm waiting to see um, right now, just kind of taking in all the momentum that's coming in for this one. And then uh, we'll see. I, I put everything into these camps. So just kind of trying to take a moment. I've been away from my family. It's my first time being back home in almost three months. So um, I've been out in Vegas. So just got to spend some time with the wife and, you know, maintain the marriage as much as maintaining the fight. <laughs> with her and uh, We'll get back to work. Exactly. I find it funny how Vegas is this city for training camps for boxing in both MMA boxing and then also pro wrestlers seem to live in Vegas any idea what it is that say hey this is the fight city is it just that the big boxing cards years ago used to be there and everything gravitated towards that that could be part of it um I think the biggest thing for MMA right now the reason it's happening is because of um because of the lockdowns right so a lot of my teammates are in the UFC and the apex is literally down the street it's literally a two-minute drive uh, from our gym. So I've seen a lot of my teammates that were fighting on local, like smaller shows get called up last minute and get the opportunity. So a lot of guys just move to Vegas and never knowing if they could get the opportunity. And then also guys that were taking last minute fights that were already in the UFC and always just getting ready. Um, and then also everybody was moving their camps down there just because of, you never knew, uh, you never know when you're traveling, what can come up and stuff. There's always these situations right now. So it seems like we started getting a lot of international guys coming in. A lot of people were moving their camps down. And then we also had a lot of local guys that were moving from like, you know, all the states in the U.S. or, or coming down from Canada, just hoping they get the call up on short notice and just kind of staying ready just down the street. And um, then there's guys like me fighting in one who were knew that was all the talent pool over there and just moving our camps down there, too. Got it. Vegas, to me, is the greatest food city in the world. But when you're in training camp, I can't imagine you get to experience any of that. Or do you get to as soon as the fight's over because you fly back there? I actually don't fly back there. I always fly back home to Vancouver is where I am right now. Um, Yeah, it's tough. It's probably the toughest part of my training camp is just uh, hearing and seeing all the food. And I know what places are out there and just kind of uh, just kind of driving right by and heading straight home to my to my plain no salt food and no taste to it and stuff like that but these are the things that make you mentally stronger right like i love stuff like in and out and shake shack and some of the italian spots there and i literally save my one cheat meal for the entire week just dreaming about what's that one meal i'm gonna have and it's always the toughest decision of the week for me because i only get one a week and um there's so much stuff there it's it's yeah it's it's crazy man when that was actually going to be my next question, when you have a great fight, you're happy with the results and you don't have immediate plans, do you just eat what you want for a few days or are you just so disciplined year round that it's like one meal back to the camp? No, nah, bro. I go off. <laughs> I go off. I ain't going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to 
put the BS um, discipline year round. No, if uh, when I come home, I've dreamt of just having like, you know, I've had pizza, I've had non-stop <laughs> Indian food. I've had, I'm, I'm literally ordering like skip the dishes and Uber Eats at like 1130 at night. And it'll be something like Wendy's or Burger King or something like that. Like it's, it's complete, like it's, it's out the window for now. Cause I stay disciplined. Like I literally, when I know I have a fight, I've never missed weight. I make weight. I'm usually on weight before even the fight, uh, the weigh-ins are, I'm usually the first one at the scale, but that is because I do weeks and weeks of discipline work, but um, I'm not this person that doesn't have temptations. that doesn't have dream right. of it. And I think about what it's going to feel like once all this is done and, now I'm enjoying it. I've just eat. Yeah. I just eat whatever, man. Taco. It doesn't matter. It, like anything. There's when no I'm usually, when I'm usually interviewing an MMA fighter, that alone is just intriguing, but you also are a cryptocurrency expert, or at least you trade in it and I'm calling you an expert. Are you able to do all that while you're still in a camp while you're training to the fight? Or does that just take a back seat? No, it actually doesn't. Um, this is the first time I've been in camp when I've been, when I've been doing that. Uh, crypto is still something I'm getting into. It's the stock market. It's uh, stocks that I'm heavily into. Crypto is obviously the hot thing right now. So I'm learning all the new altcoins and stuff like that. Uh, but stocks, I'm, I'm day trading every single day that are related to crypto and stuff, but also related to everything else. Um, one thing that I noticed during this camp was that I know that a lot of my teammates play Call of Duty and stuff like that. And like, you know, they attribute uh, Call of Duty to fast twitch muscles and stuff like, you know, reactions like guys like Andrews and stuff, everybody does it. For me, I was using the market and um, I would literally, I thought like, you know, when I'm in training camp, I thought I was already waking up early enough, which, which would be like 6.30 a.m. and then training all day. Because of the market, I was having to get up at 3.30 a.m. because I would always want to catch the pre-market action because there's three different sections of the market that you can do pre-market, regular market, aftermarket. And I wanted, and I could never sleep in because I hate the idea of missing an opportunity of something. So I would be up at 3.30. I would trade till 8 a.m., go to train from 8 to 11, come back for something we call power hour, which is always the last two hours on market. Mm -hmm. uh, then I do power hour. Then I do a quick 20 minute nap. But sometimes the market was so strong, it gets it goes really strong into after hours. So I'd go into after hours. Then I would have training at 3.30. I come home around six. I start studying the market for the next day. And I did that for the entire camp. And even during the whole quarantine in the hotel in Singapore, I was trading every day. I was, and that's why I think I was one of the only fighters that didn't lose his mind in quarantine, just sitting around watching movies and just waiting for time to tick down. I was busy. I stayed busy. I was studying the market. I was studying charts and it kept me so engaged and stuff. And I've noticed in my training camp how much sharper I am in sparring, how much I see stuff. I don't even need warm ups when I was going into training because I would literally make it two minutes before the session would start because I just closed a trade and I would be sharp. I'd be seeing everything because my mind was already so wired from the, the day trading. So I don't do like like I don't do like long term investment where I put something and I come back to it six months later. Mm -hmm. I do trade where I'm in and out sometimes in two minutes, 30 seconds. And it's different between making, you know, $10,000 to losing $10,000 or making $1,000. Cause you gotta be so quick with your hands going in and out of these trades. You could have some crazy good internet. And that's what I was doing day in and day out. I wake up. Sometimes I would forget. I haven't even had my coffee three hours later. I'm like, shit, I, my coffee's still sitting on the thing. Cause I'm so wired. And I noticed it was something that was, uh, it was actually a huge factor. And one, another thing that didn't happen was, I never burnt out during the training camp. Sometimes when you're in training camp, 
you're thinking about your opponent all day, every day, every moment of the day, because everything you're doing is catered around it. It would let me get out of that, think about stocks, but still keeping my mind engaged and thinking about patterns or what's the next move. Then I could step back into training. And I got really good at uh, compartmentalizing mm -hmm. uh, my mind. I, as soon as I got on the MMA mats, never thought about stocks. As soon as I got off, went back into stocks. Like I could do that. It was, it became like this thing where, wow. oh, I wonder if something is running. Oh, I wonder what my, I didn't even think about it. Also because I trained with such crazy guys that mm -hmm. you can't think about anything else when you're on the mats with those guys. They're coming at you. So you gotta be thinking about what your stock's doing. So it's also about the, the level of training that I was training with. You had, you couldn't risk thinking about anything else. But as soon as it would end, I'd be like, okay, now I'm, I'd be the first one out of the gym. I'd be like back in my car, logged on, and we'd go all the way to lunch and then get ready for the next session. And I just wouldn't work like that. And that's, no, it would be totally different for what you were doing in Vegas and what you're doing in Singapore. But how many screens do you have going at a time there in your home setup? Uh, three. I have three of my laptop. I have a side monitor, this monitor. One's giving me a news feed, which is... Uh, something I pay extra for, which is what Wall Street uses. It gives yeah. you the news before the news gets it. It's, called, uh, it's like, you know. It's a wire service like a Bloomberg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what it is. So you got you to kind of figure out what's going to make things rub, which headline is worth going after. Then you got signals, which is uh, you'll see big buys coming in sometimes from Wall Street or something. So I'm buying a big hedge of something. Um, so I started watching the show billions a lot so i started watching billions when i first started trading and billions actually helped me learn the market in the way that i saw how hedges will move money in and out so when i see a signal for a big buy order come in i'm like okay something some sort of news is going to come out in the future that they're loading up on something now um then i have percentage movements and stuff so you're taking all this information plus i got five six charts going for five six stocks i'm watching so you're taking all this in so your mind's just constantly going because once again, I'm not I'm not long-term investing. I'm in and out of these things. Right. Sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars like on the line at a time. Um, I started with like a thousand, but now I've gotten to a point where I'm confident enough where I'll go like heavy in these. And um, I've, like I said in past interviews that um, I basically made my one championship contract, like the entire contract in about half a year. And now I can make it in probably half a day um at this point so um i made my fight purse before i even did the fight uh on, on that week that i was sitting in the hotel but that's just me just being focused it wasn't luck it wasn't anything it's just me wanting to use the time that i had to the best of my ability and that's what i've always done you're not the only professional athlete that has had success in the stock market. I don't know if you really are a baseball guy. Lenny Dykstra's stock market history is a little disputable. Right. <laughs> that one has an asterisk next to it. But the professional wrestler, JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield, he's become a, an in-demand commentator on some of the finance networks. Not sure okay. if that's on your radar at, all, radar at all, because some MMA athletes are like, I don't like wrestling. I hate wrestling. And others are going, well, no, this is my stepping stone to professional wrestling once I can't do this anymore. But in your case, do you eventually want to be a commentator for financial outlets based on your experience and your success? Yeah, of course. Um, um, I help a lot of MMA fighters. There's a lot of MMA fighters that I speak to, like, you know, uh, Demetrius Johnson, Eddie Alvarez. I can't remember the last time I've had a conversation with those guys about MMA. 
we <laughs> only talk stocks. When we, when me and Eddie saw each other in uh, in Singapore, it wasn't like, how was your camp go? How do you feel? It's like, hey, bro, look at this one. This one has a contract coming in. There's an agreement going on. Watch this at opening. Um, there was actually a stock that I gave him. I remember that morning before the weigh-ins that I told him, and he's like, okay, I'll look into it. And it went 150% that day. And I was like, I'm like, I told you, bro. Um, so like, we don't like, we only discuss uh, financial stuff and yeah, the whole uh, doing financial commentary would be awesome. Um, it's, it's amazing helping athletes. Uh, like I have a lot of teammates at Extreme Couture that I help now that have come up to me like, bro, you help me pay for my camp. I don't have to worry about it. And then there's a lot of like, you know, NFL football players that I work with, um, NBA, uh, wrestling, like pro wrestling. I got a couple of pro wrestling guys that I help. Some, uh, some main names that you would see on, on Monday Night Raw and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's just like, for me, it's not about holding knowledge. There's no point of getting to the top alone and uh, family and friends. But this is just knowledge that I acquired literally a year ago. It's when the lockdown happened and I didn't know what to do with myself. Some people went into the mindset of just hanging out and watching movies and stuff like that. I can't do that. I get kind of weird as soon as I feel like I'm not using my day to my fullest. It drives me nuts. So I started losing my mind. And especially without MMA, I know what happens to me between training camps. Within a week, I'm just like, I'm useless. I can't, I'm not doing anything. Now I got the market. I was up at 4 a.m. and I was working. And now as soon as I get off with you here, I'm back <laughs> on. And uh, that's, that, that's just what I do. But um, I want to just keep learning and keep getting better at it. It's like MMA. You're always bettering your craft. Your jab, you will do for the rest of your life, but you will never perfect your jab. And it's like the same thing, better reaction to get better profits. And that's the game, reading charts quicker. And um, I'm not perfect at it yet. There's trial and error in it, but I'm, I'm learning a day in and day out. Well, being uh, mindful of the fact that the market is still open, there's, there is a stock I'm still hoping to unload today. So almost leading you out of this right here. Two quick Can questions. You know what it is? Uh, it may or may not be a uh, Disney that I'm trying to get out of at the okay. moment, but <laughs> okay. Okay. not, not a good day for Disney, but uh, okay. okay. I didn't look at Disney. Okay. It, it is. If you're looking to buy it lower than I bought it at, then it's a great day for Disney. Yeah. They had good earnings and they had a little bit of a run, but not the market's just complete crap right now. You gotta be really smart to make money right now. It's, it's, that's why, that's why the crypto market's getting so much volume. And exactly. then you're that up for us too right now. So we're all just kind of sitting on our hands and, uh, yeah, let's see, let, let, let's see what happens. You gotta be smart. You can't, there's psychology behind trading and everything. Um, there's people that are going to panic and just take their losses. And there's people that are going to sit back and, and that's another thing I learned in MMA, not panicking when things are not going the greatest and not getting too high when things are going good. You always stay leveled. You always stay very neutral. It's exactly how MMA is for me. It's a, it's, it's lessons that I've learned from mixed martial arts that I've all applied to here. Smart guy. Jeez. Well, those two quick questions. The first one is, what music do you like to train to if you have the choice of the playlist? Does it matter to you? Um, yeah. Um, so I'm a huge hip-hop fan. I'm a huge... Uh, but I started listening to a lot of EDM. Um, a lot of, like, but different kind of EDM. Like, you know, Rukas to Soul. Um, there's an artist named Zoo, Z-H-U. Mm -hmm. huge, huge fan of it was using him all during my workouts in Singapore when we get out. I'm starting to notice a difference in uh, my mood and my, um, I guess, the way I think. And I believe that music waves and stuff like that, like, you know, the, the vibe of it makes you feel a certain way. 
hip hop is amazing. It gives you something to cruise to, but I don't feel at my highest when I listen to it. Where EDM, I feel it more. I wasn't the biggest EDM fan, but now I'm starting to, I listen to a lot of cinematic music, um, epic music. I'm huge on that. That's something I use huge for my visualizations mm -hmm. when I'm manifesting because I don't like any lyrics or anything. But uh, yeah, I, I, like I think house and EDM music has become a big thing for me. And I love finding artists. I love finding artists that haven't been discovered. Um, I love listening to anything out of the vibe. I don't care if I don't understand the language. If it gives me a feel, I'll listen to it. So I'm very open to a lot of different things. I don't shut it off. I don't shut off to any kind of certain genre, anything that kind of gets me going. If you see my fights, I'm huge on my footwork. So if it's something that gets my footwork going, I'm huge on it. And that's why artists like Zoo and uh, Rufus DeSoul and uh, David Geta and all these guys, uh, Dimitri Vegas and all of them, it's huge. Uh, so I watch a lot of Tomorrowland concert footage because I love the crowd. I love the energy that they bring. And it gets, the, it's something I was playing in my hotel room every day. You can walk into my hotel room without kind of like, an EDM, a one-person EDM party going on in my room. So uh, you probably yeah. love the video game Fuser. It's basically yeah. like rock band for DJs. So yeah. So so <laughs> the week that we were in Singapore, obviously, um, we were all kind of quarantined apart. But my corner could come in my room. He's like, it literally looks like a mix-up Wall Street and Tomorrowland going on in your room. Because on my TV, there's that, <laughs> and then on my desk there, I had my monitors and my my feed going. So like there was a lot happening in my room, even though it was just me, it was a lot. I had my band set up for my workouts and stuff because we weren't allowed to leave too much. And uh, yeah, it was just like my setup for the entire two weeks we were there. And uh, awesome. I, I just created the world that I wanted to be in for those, those weeks. You are your own person. Well, the closing question, this can be as short as you want. It's any last words for the kids? Any last words for the kids? Uh, Whatever you're chasing, whatever you believe in, I always say this, obviously, it depends on what age you are, um, is know your why. Why do you want to do something you want to do? I always say that my why is what's kept me in MMA. It hasn't been an easy road. It hasn't been a straightforward road. It's been a very up and down, emotional. Um, it's, I say, like, you know, I married my wife, but um, I always say my longest and uh, craziest relationship is with MMA. And my wife calls herself because she, she she has this line about it. She's like, MMA, I'm the mistress in this relationship. MMA is the <laughs> and it's And it's true, right? And it's like the, the love-hate relationship I have with mixed martial arts is because of this crazy path I put myself. It's made me lose all my money. I've gone broke. I fell to the bottom. I fell in depression and anxiety. I've had my highest moments. I've gone to the highest places. I've fallen in love with it. I've fallen out of love with it. Um, but the reason I stick with it is because of my why. Why do I want to go through all this? Because I want to represent my people. I want to represent the underdog. I want to represent possibilities and the idea of uh, if you just believe in your mind of how far you can take your life. Like just uh, it's so crazy to me because I work with a sports psychologist now. Uh, his name uh, he's called Fight Mindset, Joshua Emanuel. It's the same one that worked with uh, Rose Namajunas on her uh, on her past three fights, and. Um, uh, it's just crazy because when I close my eyes and whatever I see, it freaks me out because I know once I open them, it, I can make it come true. It's one thing when you have this separation between your dream and the reality of what can happen. You're like, oh, I dreamt it, cool. But it freaks me out. Like I'll be sitting in the backstage and my corner, I took a cool picture. I'll post it on Instagram today. But um, I'm, I already saw the fight the way it was going to happen so many times. So many times sitting in the change room, even when my opponent changed, which is what happened on the last minute, 
mm -hmm. I just changed the face and the result was going to be the same. And it was just so quick uh, in my mind to just flip it. Um, and then that was it. Just believe in your why. Know why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, if I, if you're doing MMA to get into nightclubs and pick up women and get like, I'm telling you, you're not going to survive in this because I've been around those guys and they're long gone. They're long gone out of the right. game and they're no longer around. But if you can find something, I've had one of the longest careers. I've been doing this since 2007 and I've seen um, just, I've been through generations of people with me and I've seen the ones that are still here and the ones that have fallen out and uh, that's it. Wow. So much knowledge you've dropped in this interview. I can't thank you enough for your time and really looking forward to everything that's coming from you in the near future, whether it's in MMA, whether it's, it's in finance, whether it's in philosophy, just keep up all the greatness, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. And best of luck in the market today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. How's your day going there? Wonderful. Nonstop. Wonderful. It's a the whole world wants to talk to Jamie Chung, so I'm not going to waste it. Oh, thank you. And we were brought together first about a wonderful animal-related cause. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, of course. So I'm here today to talk to you about um, Pet Cancer Awareness Month. Now, Petco is uh, launching this new initiative to help spread awareness, and it's called Together Strong. Now, every time you post a video or a picture, maybe sharing a story of a beloved one, you know, um, overcoming cancer, cancer is like touched a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And so we're bringing this community together. We're, we're help spreading awareness and Petco is donating $2 to a nonprofit organization called Petco Love, and they help fight pet cancer, but also provide life saving care for pets in need. So we're spreading awareness, but we're also bringing on the good karma. Right. Have you been an animal mm -hmm. lover your whole life or did you have a specific event that got you into animals? No, my mom is a lover, a lover of animals. And so, um, you know, her, her dog mom tendencies kind of rubbed off on me. And now I am a, a crazy dog mom. Um, he's right there, right behind me. But I've, I've loved animals forever. I grew up with dogs my entire life and they've always been a part of our family. So it's never a kind of battle of, hey, I'm an adult who's working regularly on set, but I want to have a pet. You always found a way to make it work. Oh, I always find, I mean, they bring so much joy. I mean, our job is filled with so much stress, right? I mean, a lot of people, um, and you know, feel stress, but it's, it's kind of a luxury to be able to bring him with me anywhere I go. So even if I'm on set or on location, He's right by my side. And so I want to make sure and ensure that he is taken care of and that he has the best health care, you know, given to him. And so, yeah, that's why I'm here to help spread awareness together strong. Now, you mentioned work being stressful. You've steadily worked for it's it's about 15 years now. Like, I know that sounds like a yeah. horrible number to say, but it seems like 15 years now you've been working pretty darn nonstop was the goal from the beginning to be acting? I mean, I think I was just so nervous to say out loud and to speak my truth and which is, I want to be an actor. You know, I, I have a, I have a bachelor's degree in um, economics and business and I'm af afraid of failure, but I've always loved to entertain. I loved being in plays growing up, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it was, um, 
it's something that I always loved doing. Got it. When did it feel like a career and not just, I hope I get this one and I'm going to have to go to this cold cattle call kind of thing. When did it become a real career for you? You know, it's still a battle, but I would say early on in my career, when I let go of my part-time job was when I was like, I think I can fully sustain this lifestyle lifestyle, and, and be an actor and still be able to put a roof over my head and, you know, be able to, to feed myself. So <laughs> I thought that was real success, but now, you know, it's really important that I take control of the narrative, that I'm the one telling the story and the stories that I want to tell are very specific. So I think that's the next phase and you're still constantly fighting for the roles that you really want. And then outside of all that success with acting, what the Chung, you haven't updated in a while, understandably so, but you found an audience with that. Do you think that we're gonna see what the Chung coming back once the world fully opens up back again? Uh, you know, I think there's just so much going on. Um, in the world, whether it's for, you know, APA visibility, for BLM, for pet cancer awareness. I mean, there's, I don't know. I, I do love fashion, but I, I feel like it's slowly getting knocked down, um, you know, my list of what's, what's most important. That makes sense. And looking at your IMDB page, The Misfits, that looks like it's coming out in 2021. To confirm, that has nothing to do with the punk band, The Misfits. It is the comic world. Yeah, no, it's actually not the comic world, but it's a story about, um, you know, it's very similar to Robin Hood. You have a band of people who take from the wicked, the evil, uh, the rich, and they give to the poor. So it's it's a heist movie and it's very fun. And we have Pierce Brosnan, um, Hermione. We have great actors involved in this, in this project. And that comes out, I believe in June. Got it. So. You seem like you found this great balance between work, between wonderful causes like pet cancer awareness, having a toe still dipped a little bit in the fashion block world. It's a very diverse plate of work that you have going, but is there anything you haven't done yet that you're still hoping to do? For example, I don't think you've written a book. Am I wrong about that? No, and I'm certainly not headed in that direction. If anything, I think it'd be really nice um, to direct a short. I just need to find the right material, something that I'm extremely passionate about before I make that jump. Um, but I am also very passionate about the well-being of my, my, my member of my family, Ewok. And so um, I just kind of want to pivot and just remind viewers to check out petco.com slash pet cancer for um, all of the warning signs that you might see in your pets or, you know, the nutrition that you should be giving your pet. But all that information is available on that website, petco.com slash pet cancer. And also they're giving um, out a coupon so you can take it to any Petco vet and your first visit is free. So it's really all in the essence of taking care of your animals. That, yes, you stated that very well. Two quick questions and then you're free. And the first yeah, one course. is, I couldn't figure this out, the research. Do you have a favorite band or musical artist? Do I? Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm impartial to kind of the oldies, but I mean, who doesn't love Drake? I love Drake <laughs> and I love Beyonce, but the, um, you know, and you know, I'm totally on the black pink wave, you know, <laughs> green pop. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, this is a bonus question here. BTS is not overrated. That's the vibe I'm going to get. No way. They're not overrated. The hype is real. I'm obsessed. You know, they've been such so vocal about APA visibility and amplifying our voices. And so they've been using their platform to help spread awareness. And I'm a huge fan of that and BTS all the way as well. And the closing question, Jamie, any last words for the kids? Oh man, (sighs) stay strong. There's a lot going out there, you know, don't be afraid to be yourself. Um, Don't forget to enjoy and just, Also, please be safe. Well wishes indeed. Thank you so much for your time. Just looking forward to the Misfits. You've described it very well. The great cause that you're working on with Petco. Whether what the chunk comes back, we'll see. But just keep up all the greatness there. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Outro.